Can you can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Oh yes, yeah, we, absolutely. <laughs> fantastic. We had to. Uh, you're very far away from us, so we had to hook up a Bluetooth speaker back here so we can hear you. <laughs> so uh, very nice. ingenuity right there at its finest. What you gotta do, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we uh, you see. We're probably we're like one minute late. That's because I literally just scrambled everything to this table right here. So let me, whoo, whoo, lion face, lemon face. <laughs> Let's go. T- we are Opinions and Beer. Welcome to the show, Matthew Taylor. How are you doing today? Good. Glad to be here. How are you doing? Oh, you know, just another day, another dollar, another day in the life of the Opinions and Beer crew. Here, sitting around the table, about to crack open some... Blue Owl Brewing Company, Pastry Goose. It's a sour blueberry cobbler. Enjoy some blueberry cobbler beer. <laughs> we are, uh, we're very, uh, we're not alcoholics. We're craft beer enthusiasts. It makes it okay. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, because uh, I'm a cheap bastard and I have not paid for the the Zoom, Zoom Plus. Guess uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do our we're gonna do our beer review at the end of the episode. That way, we give you all the time that you rightfully deserve. Um, uh, so tell us, uh, you we have you on here now because you are you, you just released a documentary. Is that correct? Yes, I released a documentary uh, on March twenty first about the fall and rise of New York City. It's a two hour long movie. It's quite extensive. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. Uh, I like to play on words, you know, like instead of it being, you know, the fall and rise, you know. Yeah. The, instead of rise and fall, it's the fall and rise. You know? Yeah. What What are your What are your thoughts on some of the uh, the online t- chatter that maybe you should have named it the the fall, the rise, and the fall again? Yeah, I've been getting that a lot. Uh, you know, we ended on a high note, which is uh, 2013, uh, but I've gotten a lot of calls to do a sequel that's just called the fall of new york after the rise so you know <laughs> you rise my oh. ass there ain't nothing risen around here <laughs> yeah. i mean you know it's the titles cause some problems because people automatically go you know to the to the rise and fall you know so they'll be like ah, it's the movie the rise and fall but it's actually the fall and rise so you know yeah but everybody have their opinion yeah what? you know like all i know from new york is what i've seen on like tv and shit being from you know texas so it's like, you know, it's like the fall and rise. Like, oh, yeah, New York's getting better. And it's like, oh, really? That's news to me. Like, no. You know, people no. Like a lot in the movies. Are you from yeah. New York? No, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., but I uh, was in this in and out of the city from 86 to 95. So I actually saw the dirty, nasty New York. And uh, I lived in New York City from 2014 to 2020. But I now live in Austin, Texas. Well, what what inspired you to reflect back on that and make a documentary on the subject? You know, it started in, in 2019, and uh, Larry Moan, former president of the Manhattan Institute, came to my wife and I and said, hey, you know, let's do a film that just kind of covers this era. A lot of people know it happened, but nobody knows how it happened. But then a couple months later, COVID hit. And when COVID hit, 
the city kind of went into this spiral. So the project took on a totally different tone as instead of looking back, it was looking forward because like all, you know, all cities across America are in kind of bad shape, Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, you know, New York, of course. And so we made it more of a, of a guide to say, Hey, look, if you want to, if you want to get out of your perils and you're in an urban area, the worst city in America became the safest city in America. Uh, and this is how you do it. Interesting. What are some uh, what are some cliff notes you could share with us uh, uh, to, that we can look out for while watching the the film? Well, you know, it covers 1966 to 2013, so it's it's a very long timeline. Covers five mayors extensively. We brush over one of them, uh, Mayor Beam. We mentioned him, but he's really just the third term of Lindsay, and it really kind of gets into like the intricate details of how you basically make a lot of wrong decisions with really good intentions. Uh, you know, we don't really disparage the earlier mayors as much, but we do say like they made a lot of poor decisions and we're seeing a lot of those decisions made again uh, in New York City, definitely, but across the country. And so, you know, it's also kind of an interesting story because a lot of interesting and strange things happen. You know, New York is a very, you know, the pinnacle of American cities all over the world. People love it. They visit, you know, so it, it is, you know, it's a, it's a bazillion movies made about New York TV shows. So it really kind of gets into a lot of those intricate details that people have never heard of. And uh, by the end of it, you know, look, New York City went from 2200 murders in 1990 when I was a kid down to under 300 murders in a city of 8.5 million people. So that's just like unheard of. You know, I so it's 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 really kind of a drastic change. It shows it uh, and you will walk away like, you know, you might hate parts of the movie, but you'll walk away fairly educated with like how it got there and how it got fixed. I mean, as a, uh, I, I've, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like stand up comedians and I've heard tons of comedians from even around the world say like that seedy part of New York's history um comedy became kind of a, it's like a, New York's one of the cultural hubs for comedy in the world. And um, I think it was Bill Burr. It might've it might been a different comedian that I'm quoting, but Bill Burr, I think is the one who said that like, because of that like seedy dark nature, the city had, that's why comedy thrived there so much as people were always looking for a laugh, you know, especially like when you walk down the street and you could get stabbed. Yeah. I mean, look, like it, it was it was the kind of place where I was there when I was a kid. I mean, it was just you would have to put a, a piece of paper on your car that said no radio here so they wouldn't smash your window. You know, you had to, you had you'd, you'd come home and there'd be black soot under your nose from the pollution. So, yeah, it, it, it you know, that environment actually, you know, kind of created a lot of interesting things, too, like the comedy scene, uh, like, you know, David Bowie. We used to play down in these like kind of like dingy holes, CBGBs. So I think I think, you know, when the city got better, a lot of people complain like, oh, it's lost some of its edge. It's lost some of its coolness. But on the other hand, you won't get murdered and you won't get raped. <laughs> and you won't get mugged. So there was a trade off you know, uh, for this city getting safer. And you did lose some of that edge, you know, and, and I again, Go on. In preparing for this interview, I went and um, like 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 he said, yeah, like he said about movies. Uh, my my son's the biggest fan of uh, Home Alone two, mm -hmm. and I went and watched the movie uh, Big with Tom Hanks, and he oh, goes yeah. to, he goes to a peep show. Yeah. In that movie, and it's like it's like New York was completely different, you know. In that like like you were saying, a million movies are filmed there, and like 
Big just kind of shows you a little bit of how different it was during that time period where I think he was in Times Square. I think he was in like the, you know, the place everybody knows of and he went to a peep show. Oh yeah. There's a great scene in Big, I think, where he first gets to the city and he's like in an apartment and there's just gunshots and screams. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just it's like, it's like, it's like he's like holding his pillow and there's like shootings and and like the thing about it is like that's what it was like. You know, people it, it's a joke because it was real. And yeah, I mean, Times Square used to be covered in nudie bars and prostitutes, and now it's as we say in the movie, it's just like families from Ohio going to Red Lobster, you know, I mean, so it turned, it turned around that much. I mean, as a kid, I remember like, you know, we, we would never go to Times Square. It was just a cesspool, you know, and there's a lot, like I said, the movies of the era, especially like Martin Scorsese movies, like after hours, like people getting trapped in Soho and things like that. Um, if you're 30 years old, like you've never seen that in New York. That's like a, it's like a myth. It's like, it's like a million years ago. The problem is, is it's coming back. And there's a lot of people in New York City who think it's totally safe and fine. And it's, in fact, not safe and fine right now. And it's getting worse. So needs to call the, uh, the predator again to hunt the uh, gang leaders. <laughs> well, at least Martin Scorsese will have more material for a new movie. What? I said Martin Scorsese will have more material for a new movie. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Oh, tons of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, as a comic book fan... New York oh, yeah. is constantly like, um, I think in preparation for this video, me and my buddy, he's not here, but me, me and a buddy of mine went down the list of like through DC and Marvel. If both universes were connected, New York would have like 20, 30 plus oh, heroes running around. I thought it would be more too, but at the same time, it just goes to show like what he's talking about, like so much crime that when comic book authors were like, oh, where could I... <laughs> where, where, could, where could my character and, be where there's and, the most crime? Well, New York. <laughs> New York. Wasn't a, like, Stanley was from New York, wasn't Stan, Like, yeah. a lot of them chose New York because that was home to them. And, like, I really was under the impression that, like, 99.9% like of every single Marvel character is and, from New York. And, of course, like, uh, of Gotham, yeah. very famously, is based off of 1920s New York with all of its deco <laughs> art. Yeah, and, of course, of course, yeah. Like, well, yeah, when, I mean, my favorite Marvel guy is Spider-Man, you know, and Spider-Man, of course, you know, he, he I mean, in, in the comics, he's lived in New York City for 50 years, you know, but he's, you know, yeah. the movies, the Sam Raimi movies, New York City is its own character, you know, yes. it's all these like crazy weird characters just like commenting on Spider-Man and, you know, Raimi like nailed, nailed New York to a T and he was kind of doing it kind of, the city had already turned into a better city, but like, you know, you got, you got the pizza guy and the construction worker. Eh, he stinks. He stinks. <laughs> he stinks. I don't like him. I stinks. I don't like him. <laughs> with all of us. And then it comes yeah. down. Yeah. The, yeah. The, that's also something too, like with the changing of New York. If I noticed, like when you he like yeah, exactly like he was saying, Sam Raimi was painting New York in the light of like what it was, and there was a big. And I think in two of Sam Raimi's movies, there are two big scenes where a bunch of random civilians come together yeah. to yeah. like help Spider Man. Absolutely, yeah. There's in the first movie, it's with the Green Goblin on the on the bridge when they're throwing yep. things at him, and and in the second movie is when. Uh, when he stops the subway train from crashing off. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they, 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 I mean, look, New Yorkers love New York and New Yorkers, they're proud of their city and, you know, they deserve to not suffer 
You know, <laughs> it's suffering enough living there. I mean, and I love it, but like, you know, it's a punishing place. It's overpriced. It's dirty. It's expensive and weird. Um, and it's great. But like, you know, on top of that, you don't want to like, you know, be mugged or murdered. Uh, and so New Yorkers deserve better, you know. But yeah, I think it's true. I, I think also like in for D.C., I think Gotham represents the downtown area of the city and Midtown is Metropolis. So like it's it's kind of the, the contrast between the two parts of, of, of Manhattan. It is Midtown and downtown. So, yeah, it's 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 always a, an inspiration for comic book writers, for authors, TV shows. I mean, it's you would think that everybody lives there with all the media that's actually put together around New York City. <laughs> like the whole genre of like noir, like all, all noir films and stuff. Uh, like when it's not well, Chicago is also very noir. But let's say when it's when yeah. it's, if it's not New York, then like what are you doing? It's you know, it's, yeah. how noir are you if your your shit's not in New York? You know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great backdrop for kind of any story. It's funny because as you got into the into the late nineties and the city got nicer, like it became sex in the city. You know, oh, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, girls going out and having fun and like, you know, as in yeah, in contrast to like, you know, again, like after hours where a guy gets trapped in mid or in Soho and he can't get out and he's a weirdo and Cheech and Chong are running around stealing things, you know, and, and people are <laughs> like, that's just how it is, you know. <laughs> Now, when you were uh, when you were filming this movie, was there anything that um, that stood out to you that, you that you took away that you didn't that you, you didn't initially have uh, about the city of New York? Yeah, there's a couple things. One of the things that was interesting we filmed during COVID, and um, a lot you couldn't you couldn't really get permits at the time. The city was shut down, and so you know we just kind of filmed and all over the place. And what was interesting is that we could film anything. And there was no police presence anywhere. And so it was actually a little concerning. You know, we, we did all sorts of things. Like we put a guy in handcuffs and walked him up to one police plaza. No one ever asked anything. And it just shows that like the police presence in New York City is like very low right now. I mean, it's gotten a little bit more since the mayor put more police on the subway. But at the time, like, you know, we told people, like, if you get in trouble, there's no one coming. There's no one. No one's going to be there to help you. So don't get in trouble. So that was like one thing that was really fascinating about the making of the movie, because usually you'd go in a subway with a camera and they would throw you out and like no, nobody was around. Um, so that was interesting. And of course, like the content itself, there's a lot of interesting things that we kind of put together, um, you know, a lot of a lot of kind of uh details about how it was actually done and that's the thing again everybody knows it happened everybody knows that new york city got better but the details of how it actually got better um are largely just unknown and that's why we made the movie so we could really drill down into like how was the welfare numbers fixed how was the crime fixed how was the education fixed how did the buildings get cleaned up how did the graffiti get cleaned up how did the garbage get cleaned up you know and it all happened Roughly, in a, you know, most of it happened in, in the first four years of the Giuliani administration. And within four years, you had the murder rate drop from 2,200 to, I think, 700 murders a year, which is like insane. And you had the welfare numbers go from like 1.2 million people down to 425,000. So it was it was these numbers are so insanely massive. Um, you know, people may not like the mayor, uh, but you can't really challenge the results. Well, the whole concept of you know, running a city so massive with so many people. Like, I was just thinking about, like, just the whole, the, 
like running and managing that education system that is like that's mind-boggling to me that like i can't even like fathom having to do that you know and something yeah. about like um something about like the way that you titled it with uh the fall and rise of new york and people are saying like oh it should be the fall of again um getting ready for this video i was looking at new york has had a lot of up and down periods throughout its entire existence. Yeah. Um, one of one of my dad's favorite movies of all time, Gangs of New York. It shows a pretty oh, dude, a, a pretty bad and seedy period of the city's history too. Yeah. So it, it you know New York's had tons of you know it's good that people are out there like with the like you know writing down these things and filming them and putting wow. it in historical record because film is a way that things become slightly immortalized. Yeah, I mean that like Absolutely. a lot of people that aren't even history buffs know about the, the gangs in New York and the Five Points and all that just because it's in a movie forever now. And yeah, I mean it's it's well, it's it's a great backdrop to tell the stories. I mean, I love Gangs in New York. It's a, it's a it's an amazing film, you know. And and I would say that like in the history of New York, it's been more down than up. And so I think really the last 30 years is kind of an anomaly. Like the fact that you could take a train at four in the morning and deep into Brooklyn, you know, that just was not really a thing for over a hundred years. I mean, it was, it's a, it was always kind of a place where you came off the boat and then you maybe died, you know, <laughs> it was, oh, be funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those, it was, it was a rough city, you know, it was a rough place. And, you know, it's been a utopia for the last 30 years. It's a utopia because, you know, the people in this movie I made uh, said we're done with having people get murdered and raped and all this kind of stuff. And they put their foot down and they made it better. So, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where we say, look, if you're not careful, you'll lose it and it won't come back for a really long time. And right now, New York City is kind of losing it now. Uh with the rise of New York, was this a was this like a, you know simplicity of like signing a piece of paper? Or this this took like many many people to come together to make this work. Yeah, you know what it is is you know you had put it this way. You brought up education, right? The budget for education in New York City, just the education, is larger. I think I believe than the entire city of Dallas's budget. Right. Just to give kind of like a contrast of how much money is required to run the city. So the city had like unlimited, they had all this funds, but it was all super inefficient. And so what these guys did is they just came in and said, look, we're going to realign incentives so that all that money is more efficient. So instead of $10 going to the classroom, and only $1 getting to the kid. It would be $10 going to the classroom and $7 get to the kid, you know, which is what should happen. Right. I mean, that that's what's the money for. And so, you know, all these people kind of came together with all these ideas, which, by the way, were from both sides of the aisle. It wasn't just it wasn't just Democrats, or Republicans. It was both. They both worked together and, and not just at the city level, also the federal level. So Bill Clinton had a lot to do with this. Uh, he, he kind of like passed a lot of legislation at the federal level that aligned with what Giuliani was doing at the local level. And so you had this baby boomer Democrat president and this Republican crime fighter and they were like working together to like fix the city, you know, and and, you know, again, Clinton wasn't particularly targeting New York, but New York benefited greatly. And so, you know, the nice thing about the movie is it's is it's both sides of the aisle. It's probably one of the only times where we've had such synchronicity between both parties. So I think everyone now should take example of like or look at it as an example of how everyone can kind of like get on the same page and go in the same direction because everybody's clearly 
mad about everything right now you know so so yeah it's 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 a it's a unique time it's a unique time where everybody just everybody who needed to do it was was in the right place at the right time they all had new ideas and they all got to do all of them now you mentioned earlier that the uh police force in new york is uh really scarce that actually might like you know i was today years old when i learned like that actually surprised me. Like, cause the way the movies portrayed is there's like two cops yeah. walking down every street, every you know, corner, you know? there, there's well, always you know, two of them walking together. They're on every street. Like you ever watch blue bloods, you know, NYPD, all these oh. shows they're everywhere, but no, you know, like you said, it reminds me of, um, we're, we're all a bunch of movie guys at the table. It, 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 it reminds show. me of, um, last action hero. Mm-hmm. When the guy from the movie comes into the real world and shoots somebody and announces it, and then he hears a guy say, good for you, buddy. <laughs> He's like, I just shot somebody. And the, the guy in the New York apartment's like, yeah, good for you, buddy. It's always been uh, procedural crime dramas, bro. Like, I can watch all of them. Except for C- CSI sucks. Fuck CSI. Oh my but, God. Uh, but the rest of it, they, they <laughs> all take place. Well, it's, we're not going to get into that. It's so corny. But, uh, and not in the good way. But they all take place in New York. You know, I, I fucking love Blue, Blue Bloods, man. Because it's like, from what I know from cops, Blue Bloods is 100% fiction. Like, the cops <laughs> care. You know? cops they're like, care. they're there when, they, when you uh, need them to. Like, all this stuff sounds like surreal and unheard of to me. That's not how they are around here. You know, oh so like I like the 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 the, the hundred the cut the fake cop fiction. I don't know how accurate any of that is. Really, I've never been in New York. Yeah. Well, well like know. he was, well, he was saying like with this new time period that New York's in, where it was getting better, it was kind of like that where the cops showed up on time and stuff. But um, now I was talking in particular about what he was mentioning earlier, where he was literally saying like nobody's gonna show up and help you. Like yeah, it reminded me of that that scene from the Last Action Hero. Like yeah, nobody was gonna show up. Well, you when know, you said that, like, police are, are they underfunded in New York? I mean, they are funded. Look, it's a huge police force. It's like 30, 40,000 uh, police. It's like an army. But in comparison to the city, it's not enough. Well, and you know, what they, one of the things they did that was really smart is they realized that, look, uh, there's only a couple people doing a lot of the crime. And in the 90s, the Giuliani administration uh, with Bill Braden and a couple other like innovative folks came up with this idea called Comstat. And this is, this sounds obvious now, but it was not obvious then what they started doing is just tracking crime. They're like, Oh, person got mugged here and they put a pin on the board and this person, this place got robbed. They put a pin on the board and this, this happened here and the pin on the board, they would track it. They would track it and track it basically analytics. And what right. they started realizing is that a lot of these crimes were happening in the same areas, and then a lot of the crimes were be do- being done by the same people. So as opposed to just rounding everybody up, they would say, well, let's go find those people that are doing all the crime. And so what they did is they took the, the police used to be in the cars and they'd show up after, you know, after you were mugged or murdered, you know. And so what they said was, well, how about we prevent crime before it happens? And so they just started tracking crime. And the police were able to work more efficiently, and hence the crime started dropping. Like, for example, uh, on the subways, they had all the police. I think it was 75 police were inside the subway cars. And Comstat was like, actually, all the crime happens on the platform. So they just moved the police to the platforms, and suddenly the crime went away. And when the criminals moved, they moved the police. And so I think, you know, with New York, 
the the systems they came up with were really efficient, which made the police really efficient and also put them on the ground. So you see them. So like, you know, when you visit New York City, the NYPD is just as much of a, a tourist attraction as any other part of, you know, there's there, you see them everywhere. They're they're out there. You know, um, they're look. They they all live in Staten Island and Brooklyn, but they're, they're regular people, you know, so, yeah, like, so they're citizens of New York. And so, you know, it's it's a, and then Ray Kelly came in and made, you know, he's he, there's like one hundred and you know, 20 countries, 150 countries worth of people in New York City. And he made the whole police force a majority minority police force. So, you know, you have you have different people from different countries policing different neighborhoods. And so it, it, it's, you know, the NYPD is a fixture of New York City. It's just in 2020, the police came under attack, you know, and it's and they're reluctant to to like particularly get into a situation that gets everybody in trouble, you know. Yeah, and so not what you want. about that. I've seen that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not what you want. You want the look. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, if someone comes up to you with a gun, the police will will like they'll, they'll fight back for for on behalf of you. They don't know who you are, but that's their job, you know. And so. That's, that's not a bad thing. And and it reduces crime overall, you know. And so I, I think that like what they did is by lowering crime, you lower, you know, uh, bad neighbor, you make bad neighborhoods better. And it's good for all the people of New York City. It's good for everybody. And if you live in a bad neighborhood, if you're in Harlem or somewhere like that, your neighborhood got better and your value, your house went up. And then, you know, everybody, everybody uh, benefited from from this. So the more you bring crime down, the, the less you need police because the neighborhood, if it's healthy, will police itself, you know, and that's really where New York got. It got to the point where, like, like you didn't need the police in certain areas because there were people out. If there are people out, then no one's going to do crime and people yeah, are out yeah. because it, there's no crime happening. And so this, you really want the neighborhood to, to basically take care of itself. And the police are kind of the last thing. The police, once the police come in, the neighborhood's already gone. You know, and so if the neighborhood's healthy and people are have jobs and they're eating food and they're walking around and doing stuff like that, they don't want the police there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 the city can self sustain itself as long as it's healthy and everybody's active and not like, you know, I just want to say, like, I have totally heard of Comstat and that's like, it's because of, uh, once again, blue bloods. Blue bloods. Blue bloods better sponsor this episode, damn it. them too many times. You know, um, New York um got a lot of urban legends based around it, and so one of my favorite ones that I've always wondered, and you probably you when you were filming, y'all probably went all over the place. Mm-hmm. Alligators in the sewers. They exist. You know? <laughs> Maybe no. there's a lot of things in the sewers that exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was just wondering. Look. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you didn't film in the sewers? God, yeah, no way. The Ghostbusters <laughs> down there. I saw what's, what's down there. Is a, it's a river of negative slime. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. This whole documentary, you talked to all of these New Yorkers. You never went down there and talked to the sewer people. No, no. You know what? They, they have their own representative. Someone down there will make their their movie for them. <laughs> like. I, I, I don't think New York's going very well. That's why I'm in the sewer. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you have a bunch of uh, uh, people in this documentary. Um, who are you most uh, surprised by that you got? You know, I, I think one of the most interesting people in the movie was actually Rudy Giuliani himself. You know, he's a, he's a controversial figure, um, especially now. But, you know, he had a real vision for what he wanted to do. And it's funny because in the movie we talk about he ran in 1989 
And but he didn't know anything. And this is his own admission. He's like, I ran as a crime fighter, but I had no idea how the city worked. He like he knew nothing. And he yeah. ran like he, he lost, you know. And so he he after he lost, he's like, hold on here. He took 18 months to really educate himself of how the city actually works. And when he came back four years later, he won. And, you know, he had a, he had a real vision for how to do it. And for the most part, you know, most of the things he wanted to do actually worked. You know, his second term was a little rocky, you know, because the problem is he actually fixed a lot of stuff and him and his team fixed a lot of stuff. And then, you know, it's and then you get down into the smaller stuff and that's a bit more complicated to fix. But the big stuff, they went after the big stuff. They fixed a lot of stuff. And then Bloomberg inherited a pretty good city and then fixed more stuff over his 12 years in office. Yeah, that's a. That's an impressive record, though. Uh, what is that? Twenty-four years of things just constantly going up. Yeah, yeah that's I a mean, good track record. It, it was great. I mean, it's the the last. I mean, you know, even into the De Blasio era, you know, things were pretty good up until um, up until we hit COVID. You know, the city was awesome. It was an awesome place to live. It's always going to have its weird quirks. It's always going the train's always going to be late. People are always going to be complaining about the prices of everything. The apartments are always going to have like doors that don't close and toilets in the middle of your kitchen, you know, <laughs> Man, weird stuff. there's a lot of weird stuff in the city, you know, but, but Hey, it's, it's, you know, it's the charm. I mean, look, my, my mother-in-law was in, was in the city and she looked around and saw all these people from all these different places, just getting along. And that's it. That's the, that's like the beauty of New York. You have people from all over the world squeezed into a tiny, it's only look the Island of Manhattan's only 34 square miles. It's not big. You know, um, and they're all just like getting along and doing their thing. And so I think that's like New York represents a really interesting mixing bowl of like of like good stuff, you know, and I think we want to maintain that. My uh, my friend Brendan, he's an optimist and he would say that places like New York that are cultural hubs are the only saving grace that uh, we have as a society. It's where you learn that how people truly are. Like he literally, you just said right out of his mouth, when a bunch of people from many different places all come together and get along. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, you know. And and the nice thing is, like a lot, <clears throat> everyone's hustling, right? Everybody's hustling. You, you, people come to New York yeah. City to make their bones, and you know, some people make it, some people don't. But like everybody gets a chance to do it. And every, but everybody's got to I'm go going. through the same thing, you know. A, everybody's got to everybody's got to suffer, you know. <laughs> I'm a huge guy from New York. I'm a huge fan of cooking shows, and um, when you say when he like he said everybody gets their chance, uh, Harlem Burgers. Harlem oh, I haven't Burgers. Had a, I haven't had a Harlem Burger. Is it good? Harlem Burger. It's a it's a it's a cart. It's a guy with a cart, but he's been there for like 20 years, and he sells burgers for like three dollars a burger and one dollar a hot dog. That's damn good prices. That's like 10 that's worth the train ride, honestly. <laughs> and I was I was watching uh, what is it, uh, Anthony Bourdain. I was watching him go through New York, and he said New York's one of the only places in the whole world where you can find you know like five dollar roadside Chinese takeout. You can go down the road a bit. You can that's eat some. Well, you can weird. eat some falafel. You can eat. You know. You know I mean, it's that's crazy shit. Because like really, it, uh, uh, for a, a good hamburger down here is ten dollars for uh, Chinese takeout. That's 12 to 15. Yeah. But right. like you said, everybody's hustling. So hustling. it's one of that because of that mindset, it's one of the only places in the world where, you know, you can walk down some random street and see an entire setup of people selling Nikes. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, yeah, it's a shoe convention. Let's get over here. Let's buy some shoes. 
It's, it's great. I mean, we got 25,000 restaurants there, you know, and it, like I said, you, and if you go off out of the outer boroughs and Queens and places like that, you'll get, you'll get food from around the world. That's just like, if you were there, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And again, like COVID hit it pretty hard. A lot of restaurants closed, a lot of businesses closed. So it's important that the city like really takes care of the, of those restaurant owners, you know, by making sure that they're not getting mugged and their patrons are not getting mugged. Otherwise, people don't go out. If they don't go out, the restaurant closes and then, you know, no more falafel. And that would be a disaster. Yep. <laughs> no more chimichangas. Oh, man. Chimichangas. Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> the fall and rise of New York. Why is it called Gotham? Where did it get the name Gotham from? That comes from like the 20s, doesn't it? Yeah, Gotham is a, a term that's been uh, around. It's been, you know, it's been a, a term for New York City for for a really long time, and uh, I think it was actually started as a kind of a derogatory term. But you well, know, the Goths it's, lived. Yeah, it's it's, it's they a, were it's, raving. They were, they all did a bunch of raves over there. The raving deco. And- <laughs> the deco oh, that's why they, that's that's why they invented trip pants. Do you remember trip pants? <laughs> yeah, it, it was it, it's. It's a term for New York City that it actually goes way back. It goes way, way, way back. Um, you know, and again, yeah, like Batman got his inspiration from Gotham, as was stated earlier. Uh, and that's, you know, all the old architecture downtown, the Art Deco and things all comes out of out of New York City, you know. And it looks like that sometimes, you know. One of my favorite oh, yeah. movie theories is uh, you remember uh, the movie Seven with uh, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Great movie. Dude, uh, the the creator, the director of the movie, uh, he goes out of his way to, to never mention what what city it is. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, he, he, if, you, if you zoom in on any of the badges, it's all like obscured, and you can't even. It, there's nothing that says what city it's in. But there's a uh, uh, there's a film theory that it takes place in Gotham before like uh, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne became oh, interesting. Batman. Interesting. I really <laughs> that, I theory. that theory, dude. It's like it's it's undisputable. It like it makes so much sense. It's New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's raining the whole time. It's the, the worst time to be in New York City oh, is when yeah. it rains. You don't want to be oh, there yeah. when it rains. <laughs> and I mean, there are so many songs about it. You know, the it, it's a place that it's a place that literally inspires imagination when you think of how big a city could be. Yeah, I mean it's that the nice thing is you know, when you're in New York City, you can't see the edges. It's not big, but you can't see the edges of the city. So there's always potential for something on the next block. There's always something out there that you haven't seen. And now again, that's why it, it, it you know tickles people's imaginations. That's why they come there. That's why they're like inspired because like you can't see it all. It's just not in your whole lifetime, you'll never see everything there. You know, so oh, yeah. and that's why people love it, you know. And that's why, again, if you're gonna go explore, you need to make sure that you're safe. That's just an important thing, you know. Uh, now, uh, see, we're 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 from we're from right here in in Texas, Texas. and um, Houston, literally a two one and a half hour drive from us from where we're at. Houston, it's like it's not like New York. It's not like this beautiful cultural. It's Cowtown, and you could get stabbed there. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> also huge. Yes, like yeah, you you, you <laughs> can't see the edges because the edge is like forty miles that way and forty miles that way. Yeah, a, that is a giant city. It is a giant, giant, giant city. Though I hear they got a pretty good food scene there. I hear it's a, I hear it's a pretty hardcore, decent. Our food whole scene. our whole state has a pretty good food scene. If you yeah, like barbecue, to be honest, you know, <laughs> I, I love barbecue. You know, I, I, I I'm a lock I'm a lock hard guy. So you know, 
I'm a Smitty's guy. What can I say? <laughs> I'm a booty, man. I'm an everything guy. I, you know what? I, I love breakfast. Now, we got a uh, we got a thing right here that's saying it's about to close out on us. But So, uh, is there anything that you would like to say about Gotham? The, the, God damn it. The Gotham. The, the rise, fall the and rise. Ah, I got you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you said rise and fall so bad. I know. It's so, you know, I did, I did it perfect like two times ago. So. Yeah, good, good on you. Two out of three. I would say that the most important thing is to go see the movie and, you know, make sure that that you pay attention to the lessons so that your city doesn't end up, you know, sliding like New York City sliding right now. And if you want it turned around, it's possible because if you can do it in New York, you can literally do it anywhere. Well, Matthew Taylor, that's that's just your opinion. Hey, and that's fine because that's all we've got here are opinions and beer. We are a million ten By the way, I'm giving this like a 10. It's pretty good. That's good. A... I like it. I like you it. Know, I'm, I'm a sour guy. I hate stouts and pilsners and stuff. I like ghosts. I like salty beers. This is a 10. I'll give it a nine because it is very salty. I was going to say that. It's like yeah, it's salt. a ghost. Do you mind if I, uh, uh, here, you, you first? Because, like, huh? It's a, it's, yeah, that's the whole point of a ghost. Is what? They're salty? Yeah, yeah they're German, never, never German sours, right? Yeah. German salty sours. So, sour, it's not salty. Mm. Yeah, ghosts. Ghosts are meant to be salty, though. Yeah. There was between a ghost and a, and a uh, what's the other fruity one? A sour. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I hope you had fun chatting with us. Hey, uh, I had a great time. One day, oh, I'll, yeah, man. One day I'll pay for this uh, Zoom Plus and get the extra minutes. One day I'm going <laughs> to have longer interviews. I've been to uh, Chicago, London, California. In Houston, many times I got to make my way to New York one day in life. Got to, got to. It's like nothing else you've ever seen. You're gonna have a blast, and and you'll and you, you know you'll be welcome. New Yorkers are they're not as rude as people say they are. They're actually well, actually pretty nice. That is good to know because like that uh, contributing reason to oh let's face it I'm just broke. Oh <laughs> my god! But like you know I've always thought about that. Like why they're just gonna be all douchebags when we get there? Yeah. What if what? If, what if traffic gives you gives you anxiety? Oh well, then you know. Oh God, don't subway. go. Take the subway. Take oh. the subway. <laughs> subway. Look, here's the thing: you could be on the subway and run into Keanu Reeves because oh, the be- <laughs> around the city is the subway. You know, because if you take a car, you're going to sit in traffic. You know, in Austin has terrible traffic. I'd rather be in New York when it comes to driving. <laughs> I'd rather walk, man. In any city, you walk. You'll see more you stuff. Walk. You walk. Yeah, walking's the best. My oh, wife yes, and I walked walk every yeah, street yeah. in Manhattan, you know? So, yeah, it's 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 the best walking city in the world. Got, there's always something to look at, and there's always something to do, you know, like, at all times of yeah. day and night. And, and it's uh, as far as cities with modern art goes, New York isn't one of the worst. I've seen some pretty bad modern art in my life. Oh yeah, they got they. It's 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 the pinnacle of the art scene. So it's there's a lot. There's, there's like thousands of museums. There's thousands. So yeah, you'll you'll have plenty to do forever. Oh, <laughs> oh man, oh, yeah, great show. Might see cats. 
Lots of cats. <laughs> no, <laughs> cats it's on everywhere. Broad on Broadway. Oh, the Broadway. Oh, literal cats. My God, <laughs> literal cats too. Actually, get, get a get a ticket to Book of Mormon. Yeah, book, actually, book a, a, yeah, book, book a, a year Mormon. in advance though, because you got to book a year in advance, or you won't get a ticket. Oh my goodness, Jesus Christ. Good no time. Mormon Christ. Mormon Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, thanks again for uh, 